Are we rolling? We're recording. We're good to go. All right. So here it is, episode thirty-five of the Throne. Uh, just a quick little tidbit. Uh, want to say big thanks to Alex and Brian for coming out for the last episode. It was mad fun. Yeah. Uh, that was the last episode we did at the original Throne Studios. We've now relocated, so uh, excited to be in a Lunokela at a new location. Here we only do one take. Uh, with my boy. From Born Beneath, Renee. What's up, Renee? How you doing, bro? What's going on, Juicy? Chilling out here, man. Uh, we got uh, my main man, Lou, on the fucking mixers back there. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> big shout out to Lou. Uh, and big shout out to everyone who listens to this podcast still. Uh, just trying to start a little something out here for us in Miami and uh, keeping it going uh, from the new spot. So if you guys are interested, hit me up on Instagram if you want to do an interview. Other than that, Renee, how you been, man? I've been pretty good, man. It's been a while since you've been on here. A little bit. It's been a minute. Yeah, I think like episode 18 you did. For sure. That was it. 18. Did we do one before? What? When was the... Oh, I forgot about the... The bridge. Yeah. When was that? Was that before or after the Bormany? I think it was after. That was... Uh, it was definitely um, after. After, yeah, for sure. Yeah. My first time my first time doing the uh, podcast was with Lewis, my singer. Yeah, yeah with Lou. Oh, yeah, his yeah. name's Lewis? Yeah. I always saw his name. It ain't Lou. something different because there's an O in it. No, just how it is, Lou. How are you? So, yeah, it has been a long-ass minute, man. A lot's been going down, and I know that with Born Beneath, you have a new record in the works. Yeah, uh, it's actually completed as far as the music goes. Uh, It's all set, ready to release. Tracks are done. Music is finalized, 100% mastered. Uh, We're just right now finalizing the cover art. So it should be out. I mean, for sure, we want it out by Thanksgiving, so maybe mid-November. Okay. But uh, it'll be in your hands shortly. Oh, okay. Well, hey, man, I'm mad at that. Uh, how long have you guys been working on it? <laughs> Way too long. That record, we started working on it about a year and a half ago, actually approaching two years, believe it or not. Uh, it's so many things. It's our first record, so we wanted to not only make it, like, obviously really as good as it can be, mm-hmm. um, but we've encountered all the obstacles that any band, I guess, does the first time around, which is just... Uh, you know, lack of pre-pro, all the obstacles that come along, like people maybe taking over and over to record certain parts, myself included, you know, just a lot of, takes, I guess, and yeah, hours. maybe some ill preparation, I guess, when we could have been more uh, ready. But a lot of that was also natural disasters named Irma. Oh, man. Hurricane Irma. Yeah. Hurricane Irma actually uh, did some damage to Arc Sound, which is where we were recording the album. Really? Yeah. So that that shut them down for like a month, maybe a little more. So for a while there, we couldn't even go in. Uh, and we were still in the midst of it at that point. And right before that, <laughs> our bassist uh, blew the bass amp <laughs> that he was using, uh, recording with. And uh, he Was did, it property of Arc Sound or? Uh, kind of, sort of, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. It actually, I, I said, yeah, my bassist blew it. No, it's not that he blew it. It's just it was its time. Um, it's a really old uh, Ampeg head. Uh, it's, it's a classic too. If I was more of a bassist, I'd probably be able to tell you the model, and people would be like, "Ooh, that one." Uh, it's one of those like holy grails, you know. Really? Yeah, but it was old as hell. So believe me, even even the engineer uh, Emilio, he was like, he's like, you know, don't worry, it's not like it was his fault. It's like any, it would have happened to anyone. It was just it's time. I think it was a transformer or something. How is it that you even blow uh, like an amp or a cab? A variety of things. I mean, it could it was certain things with age, like the transformers and stuff. Uh, and then obviously if, if there's tubes involved, you know, tubes obviously have a lifespan. So 
it could be a, a variety of different things circuitry in the motherboard i don't know just like with any electronic it, it all has its time but if so you, if you run it hot like if, if you run amps really hard too you know if you're up on stage with it every night like if you're a touring band or something those amps uh their lifespans are quite a bit shorter than than others because they get used heavy and often you what know. is the deal with tubes? Is it like eventually they just blow out or what? Yeah. It's a bulb, you know, in the end. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So it's made of glass? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, they, they look, I mean, they're cylindrical glass bulbs. They kind of, they do they, uh, is that what's glowing after the amp turns off and shit? Yeah, and while it's on. Like as soon as you turn it on, you'll start to see them warm up and, and they... Usually fizzle like bright orange or red. But not all amps are Blue. tube amps, right? No. No, no, no. Tube amps, uh, generally, they're a little bit higher end due to the fact that they are more professional, both in terms of like sound. I mean, it has that really rut, like old school throaty sound that guitarists love, uh, especially when you crank them. So that's the thing. Like if you're, if you're playing loud with a band and a drummer, a tube amp's the way to go. Okay. Like the other kind of amp that's, that's mainstream is like a solid state amp. And those, uh, they're fine and all, but I mean, I've, I've played through a bunch, I've owned a bunch, but as soon as you crank those, you just start going like all ape shit. And <laughs> What's the difference between uh, one of those amps and a tube amp? And like, I mean, because um, our guitarist, Dave, he uses a, a Bugera and it's a tube amp, I'm pretty sure, because he's had to repair the tubes on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying like, is it worth it as opposed to getting something where you're not having to fix a part that you know is going to break eventually? Yeah, it's wear and tear. That's like saying you won't get a car because you got to replace the tires eventually, you know. But, like, if you have an option of having a car that you never have to replace the tires on, right? Which is not the case, but I'm saying, like, there's amps where you don't have to worry about changing tubes on them, right? And they're just Correct. as good or no? It's relative. That's, like, a subjective opinion that, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. With all the shit I just talked about, tube amps being, like, kind of the, I guess, on paper better of the two. Mm -hmm. um, a legendary guitarist by the name of Dimebag Daryl. He used solid state. Okay. Yeah. You know, so that's one testament that it's all about personal preference, man. I mean, we also use Dean, right? Like, not a lot of people use Dean. I guess you could say that. Yeah. He went through a period, I think, where he was using Washburn too. But yeah. Um, but yeah, those Dean like Razor was it Razorbacks? Whatever. Yeah, called? I think they're called Razorbacks. Yeah, those are now I guess classic. I always thought that was like a sick looking fucking guitar, dude. Like, it's cool, but man, it's it's exaggerated. It's, huge, it's very isn't pointy, it? very sharp, and it's yeah, it looks huge. I've never actually. I don't think I've, I've heard one. it's fucking huge. Like, I mean, they have like the kid ones. Like my friend had like a kid. Like I think it's called a baby one. Like a baby or some shit. <laughs> a baby, baby like razor I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back or whatever. The fuck yeah, razorback. <laughs> <laughs> baby razorback. Uh, it was dope, dude. It was light blue <laughs> with yellow lightning on it, and it said like you know dime bag custom course, and shit, whatever. Yeah. Dude, it was such a dope-looking guitar. It probably had like, a skull on it somewhere. No, it did not. It had lightning. <laughs> Maybe it did, and I didn't fucking notice. It should have lightning and skulls. But it was, like, and one blood. of the dopest guitars I'd ever looked at. But it was a lot smaller than the real Dean's. Like, you see him holding ones, them, them shits, like, take up half his body. Yeah, that's true. Do you like big guitars like that? What do you what no. do you play? I don't... I mean, I'm sure you guys brought it up on the fucking bridge, but I was zoned the fuck out. I had no idea what you guys were you talking about. You fell asleep about. twice. I'm sure I did. <laughs> we were on a lot of substances. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, on some drink. Speak for yourself. I was on some smoke. <laughs> <laughs> straight edge people. Yeah, Renee is straight edge. No, but uh, totally. what what guitars do you play? Uh, well, I think when in term when it comes to terms of like uh, body shape, I'm traditional. I like the Strat style. 
Um, I guess it's kind of boring to some people, but it's just comfortable. You know, I've played V's and I've played Explorers and even Les Pauls and stuff and SG's. Like, they're all fine. They all have their own character and their feel. But at the end of the day, like, just the most comfortable one to me is, like, the traditional, like, Strat style. Word? Yeah. I heard a lot of people talk shit about Strats in general. What's your, (laughs) I mean, what's your general consensus on the Stratocaster? You might have heard that. It's a classic. You might have heard that because you're surrounded by metalheads. Yeah. So, in the metal realm, I mean, unless you're, like, Iron Maiden, I guess. Which Dave loves. He plays a Strat. He plays that guy's custom Strat or whatever. Dave Murray, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they're both named Dave, too. Probably. DM, dude. Maddox, Murray. DM. Look at that. It's meant to be. But what's your consensus (laughs) on the Strat? Oh, it's a a great instrument. Like I was saying, in the metal realm, it's kind of looked, it's frowned upon because typically Strats have single coil pickups, and that equates to like not as a thick, chunky sound, and it doesn't run as hot. So it's like, it doesn't sound great if you're playing like, I guess... You know, sludgy death metal or something. It's just not what you want to pick up. Okay. Um, you know, but it, it, a lot of lead guitarists swear by it because of just like the tonality that you get out of it, the feel. Uh, but those are like you know some of the shred guitarists like Ingve and Eric Johnson. But uh, yeah. so when it comes to the pickups, what's the difference between like a single uh, coil pickup and I mean, what are the other options that you have? The humbucker. Uh, the humbuckers are like the ones that look like little blocks. You see those yeah. more often in in our genre. What kind of pickups are these right here on the side bins that I was hanging up? Those are humbuckers. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what's the difference in tone? Why are those better for metal? Yeah, in layman's terms, it's chunkier. Um, it's higher. Chunkier. Yeah, it's higher output. So obese. It's, mm-hmm. it's fat. Yeah, it's fat, it's thick, <laughs> yeah, it's <always> juicy. <laughs> but yeah, like if you run, you know, an amp, or I'm sorry, if you run a guitar through an amp uh, with high gain, you know, and you've got like single coil pickups and, and you just crank the distortion or whatever. It's going to sound like, like shit. It's going to sound weird, you know. You might be able to do something with it, but it's not going to be ideal. So it's, you know, every, it's, it's like an artist's paintbrush. You know, you do what you want with it in the end, but, you know, you have tools too at your disposal. What guitars do you use on stage? I use ESP LTDs. Um, okay. I've played seven string now for about four years. You use seven strings for all your songs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ever since Born Beneath, like this project has been completely seven string. And uh, one one song drop uh, drop tuning, and that's about it. I just I have a backup guitar that I take on, on the road with me, like if I have a show. But that's just in case I break a string or anything. It's tuned the same. So where's the farthest you guys have played out? The band has played, I want to say, I mean, for sure we've hit Tampa and Orlando. I'm trying to think if we've hit further north. You guys been up to the Verona, Newport Ritchie? No. Or anywhere up in Newport Ritchie? There's another spot I think called Venom or some shit. Venoms? Yeah. Venoms, no. Yeah, uh, I've heard about it from uh, Seven Sins a couple times they've been on here. They said that the crowd up there is like... uh, very supportive, like very willing to support local acts, mainly because ain't shit else going up on, you know, like it's the middle of the fucking country in Florida. And what's it called? Venoms? Yeah, Venoms. Like and the then movie? there's one called the Verona over mm-hmm. in Newport Ritchie. Uh, and I know Ears once played over there. I'm pretty sure Seven Sins has played over there. You know it too, right? Uh, we, we're trying to get a gig booked out there for January and I think for next month, November, but there's nothing set in concrete yet. Who the fuck knows? Hmm. I do know that we're going to be playing, uh, on Halloween day at the dive bar. 
Uh, and tomorrow, because this comes out this Friday, so uh, the 27th of October, I'm going to be at Fort Myers at um, Old Soul Brewing. And we're going to be playing with Escape and Cry Out 4 and a couple dope bands out there. So that's going to be mad fun. Quick little plug. Nice. Uh, you guys. Um, By the way, I, I do have an answer for the furthest show. Uh, that's what I've been doing. I'm oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Don't think I'm rude as hell. Like, oh, I'm texting. No, I no, figured no. you were looking for something. I'm looking for something, which is our, it's a list of shows I have. But uh, we played Satellite Beach, which is on the East Coast, almost like next to Orlando. But I've heard of that. A little further north. Okay. Um, so it's on the East Coast. Where'd you guys play? Uh, it's this little like sports bar. It's called Ashley Sport uh, Sports Bar. It's the name of it. Some like it's some shopping strip, you know, and yeah, it's not too much. But the stage is actually really nice. And we played a Halloween show there about two. What was it two years ago now? Damn. Yeah, it's about to be Halloween, so it was two years ago. Uh, we played there, and and that was cool because that was yeah. Come to think of it, that's our further show. We've never let the state yet. Uh, no, no, no. With you know, I haven't either, but. Uh, I've never played in Satellite Beach. That's pretty dope. Uh, I mean, you guys have played a lot of cool venues. You play the Kelsey Theater. So what's like a goal for you guys as far oh, as like easy. a place to play? Uh, my singer and I, we've we've said this since the beginning. Like as soon as we can play Culture Room and or Revolution. Oh, that, of course. That's when I think we can say like, all right, we're doing things pretty right. Yeah. And, uh, and we're close, I think. I mean, I know I've talked to Oski. He said he's rented out the culture room. It costs X amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, to play a place like that, you think it'd be more profitable to put on your own show there or just try and get on a a headlining acts tour or, or their lineup? Uh, it's almost one in the same, <laughs> you know, because if, if you get on a, if you get like an opening gig, for example, Cannibal Corpse is playing culture room. I think, yeah. I think it's early December, late November. I don't know when it is exactly, but I know it's coming up. And that is a show where as soon as it was announced, you know, on Facebook anyway, you'll see like all the local bands like us trying know, to get on. You commenting on each other's shit like, oh, yeah, we, we got to play. We got to try to open. Let's see who we talk to get to open. Right. But, you know, it can't be everyone. <laughs> of course. It can't be everyone. And it might not even be anyone, you know. Yeah, they might. Usually it's, it's they probably have. Probably not. Yeah, go. What? Oh, I was just going to say, usually that these headlining acts bring on bands that they like. Mm-hmm. Or bands that the record label is trying to push if they're signed to someone. Or it's already like a package tour. Right, you know, yeah. That's, that's touring the whole state or the, the whole country. Yeah. There's usually opening acts already. So I've always, I've seen acts come down here and I've thought about doing the same thing. But I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone's really seen any success doing that. Especially when you see two opening bands on the bill already. They probably only have the venue for a certain amount of time. Yeah. What happens a lot from what I've noticed is even in the cases where there are a package deal like, you know, let's say Cannibal and then two openers that are touring mm-hmm. with them, almost every city that hit, they'll have like one band that they just somehow scout and then they have open. Okay. So that, I guess that's what everyone in our scene is trying to like hint at when they're like, oh, we got to go. We got That's the spot. That's like the coveted spot. It's not a big secret, you know, but if there's anything at all, it's usually like one slot. So, right. Oh, really? So it's like, yeah, who you know, try to... Try to be the ones. Sometimes there's buy-ons, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, is there somewhere you got to maybe grease a couple fingers? <laughs> it's, not, it's not unheard of. Yeah, I mean, I know people do buy-ons, but for single shows, um, I think it'd be cool maybe if more headlining bands try to put on a slot for 
local acts, but that's easy to say as a local act. You know what I'm saying? For you to go to a place and scout a fucking band to put on your show before, mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. But maybe to take submissions or something, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and another one that I know is coming around is uh, Arch Enemy. Arch Enemy. I've heard of that band, but I don't really listen to it much. <laughs> All right. Well, that's like, it's one of those acts that I guess is currently... Uh, Popping? Hot. Yeah, hot in the mainstream and modern metal. And uh, they got that chick singer. That's yeah. probably the, the main draw. I mean, Nicola hate to Kuna say Coyle. not to sound all sexist or anything, but... <laughs> well, no, <laughs> Lacuna Coyle. That's Lacuna another, Coyle, Lacuna Coyle, right? Coyle is awesome. That's, no, I'm not, I don't have any issues with Lacuna Coyle. But our has got another girl that's got like... I mean, her hair changes, I think, but usually oh, it's okay. like blue and... Yeah, she's relatively attractive, so... <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I mean... <laughs> and and she, she growls and screams and... If, looks um, good doing so. so. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, what's it called? If this fucking baby metal band can get on because they're cute, then I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole That's a different gimmick, kind of it? cute. That's like a aw kind of well, cute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, what's the, at the end of the day, really, oh, he's got to grab a beer for the boy Lou right quick. He's got to grab it for him. Pop, what, what y'all boys drinking out right now? Let's give a shout out to what we're drinking. Goose IPA. Goose. <laughs> Shout out to Goose. If y'all want to sponsor, uh, he's drinking. Hit me up at uh, the Throne JC at Gmail if y'all want to sponsor Goose. Y'all already know what it is. No, no, no. What Goose the fuck Island. Are you talking about? Uh, oh, All right. Uh, well, I was gonna say something about our enemy. Yeah, go ahead. Because like I know that they're coming oh, we're around. Talking about baby metal, but yeah, say it, something. It, uh, <laughs> No, I was just to put the pen on that. It was just a matter of like, I know that they were coming around. So that's the type of band. Cause it's also a matter of like, if that tour is happening, there's gotta be a manager assigned to that tour that like scouts everywhere that the tour is stopping every city. They're like, all right, who's going to be the candidates, you know, maybe five in a pool. And then they like, okay, let's do digger dip, uh, deeping or that. Yeah, It'd be nice, digging. man. But a lot of the times who the fuck is going to put an extra work to put somebody else on, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's an afterthought. Yeah, that's why I feel like it'd be cool if they did submissions. It'd be easier. You don't got to send a scout to every city. It's like, all right, we're going to do this tour. We're, like, reaching out to all the local bands in the cities, like, send submissions to such and such email, and then we'll review some of the best ones from each city, and each city gets a slot or some shit, or, like, select cities. like Precisely, yeah. Four cities, like L.A., New York, Miami, <laughs> and Chicago or some shit. Yeah. All you guys have a chance. Like, those are main fucking cities scattered all around the coast mm-hmm. of the country. That'd be dope, but I don't think anybody. I mean, like it'd be like if a band like Metallica did that. That's all it would take for a band to get on, really, to just be exposed to a big amount of people. Yeah, and I think that's what social media is giving a lot of people the platform to do now is just get their shit to where it is available to a mass amount of people. Mm-hmm. But it's just that the internet is scattered with so much content, and a lot of it is like, um, like if you listen to something on YouTube. If you go on YouTube the next day, it'll show you the same shit you listened to the day before. So, I mean, it'll recommend some new stuff to you, but it's stuff that fits their algorithm. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, a lot of people don't even have their shit on YouTube, but that's mm-hmm. where to get popular. Like a song. People, I, I've seen paid advertisements before a video where it's just a, a dude will put his <laughs> whole song. Three minute ad and it's just his song with like a <laughs> screenshot of his album cover. Two and a half minute song, three minute on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's usually rap songs. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's really the way to get on now. Social media. The whole game's changed. It's really, I mean. Big time. How long have you been doing this? 
like local music and trying to make music happen? Uh, as far as bands since 2011? The Even po- since th- then, it's changed. That's that's only the amount of time I've actually been out, like actively playing gigs. You know, I mean, I've, I've played in other bands and whatnot, but um, as far as getting out there and trying to get music out and do something with it, yeah, like 2011. I feel like even back then, you could make a like decent money off of records, like because iTunes was big. People were still selling records on iTunes and Amazon and stuff. More than now. Yeah. yeah, more than now. There was no not. Spotify yet. At least I don't think so. Maybe it was in its early stages. But yeah, like, but you I, people torrented albums. That's how I know yeah. people stole albums. Mm-hmm. People, you would torrent a whole album, but usually people who torrent an album and like it will go buy it. Like that was the thing. Is uh, like, wrong? No. Look, I agree with you. First of all, in the sense that I do that, right. and I think everyone should do that, and I wish more people did that. But the sad truth is, no. Sorry, it's probably two out of ten people. Three out of ten people that actually support artists by buying their music, particularly if they've like demoed it already. You know, if it's just a, a favorite band of yours that releases a new record, like you know you're gonna buy it, so you'll probably buy it. Right. But if it's like a band that you're trying out, you know, someone recommends something to you. Hey, have you ever heard Radiohead? Uh, no. <laughs> let me go ahead and listen to Radiohead. Okay. You're not gonna go buy one. Of let me CDs. stream their their song on on YouTube, and you'll just say you you hate it for no reason, <laughs> even though it's been highly recommended to you. Radiohead is a great band. They are. And and you know what? I kind of <laughs> I'm in that minority that I've I've not heard Radiohead enough to to really say like, "Oh, I like them." I recognize that they're good. Wait, you've never listened to Radiohead? No, it's not what I said. I've, I've I haven't heard enough of okay, them. Okay. Like I've heard bits and pieces and uh you know, Creep is is a song. And they <laughs> hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> What's the dynamic here? What am I missing? <laughs> you gotta keep up that's crazy no but radioheads they've got a crazy cult like fan base yeah it's it's really i lump them in the same uh fans of like tool oh man fans are (laughs) tool fans are very rabid bro they 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 love tool yeah and, and there's nothing better the holy circle or whatever the fucking you know there's like a whole way to range Lateralis. Oh, the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we can we talk? I don't know too much about that. Do you know a lot about that? Mm. Yeah. Back uh, back in the day, I researched it and I kind of could talk an ear off. I could just write a, or say a whole podcast about that. But fuck, I've lost a lot of that knowledge. Can you share some of it with me? Yeah. Uh, the basic thing is a spiral. Okay. Like it's all based in numbers and and it creates an outward spiral that. Like, for example, the track order, there's like 14 tracks on the record, right? So if you rearrange them in a certain way, they become like multiples or they get... To, ah, I don't even fucking remember That's right now. That's crazy shit. But it's, it's a really crazy thing that at first you're like, man, people are really trying to make something or nothing here. There's no way... But then, you know, Maynard James Keenan goes on record of saying, like, yeah, no, that's absolutely what it is. And this is why we did it. And this is why we believe it's cool and et cetera. For him to write some shit like that is, like, on a whole nother level of musicianship, I think. I think Adam Jones, the guitarist, is responsible for that concept. But Maynard really obviously takes it and runs with it. Like, the song Lateralis, the verse, the syllables, like, the way that they're sung is in the the Fibonacci sequence. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like black and white are... Like, it's, you know, kind of an awkward kind of way of singing, but it's because it's following some kind of, like, rhythmic pattern. Not even rhythmic, just a pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's... For me, it's like... 
music like that is on a whole nother spectrum of um, art. It's like taking different types of art because I think even kind of math in itself is sort of an art. Like if you're fucking really good at math, you can cut, like figure out some nutty shit. So for me, uh, if you're setting up a whole fucking math equation in a fucking song and making <laughs> rhythms out of it, like you're on some other fucking level, right? I mean, math rock is hard enough already. Go ahead and pause that for me. Pretend that, uh, I mean, even when it comes to drumming, for me, uh, mm. like a song like Money by Pink Floyd, it's in 7-4 time. Right. That beat is fucking complicated. So to write a whole album in, what is it, 5-4 or 5-3, so 5-8, some fucking weird-ass time that it's in, mm -hmm. do you uh, write in off-time signatures for Born Beneath? No, I can't say I do. Um, some of the stuff sounds maybe a little bit wacky, but it's there's one time that's not like... I guess typical 4-4, four, four, I guess, uh, in our songs. It's like a 5-4 type of passage. But, nah, uh, it's too too out there for me. Because I, I still like, as cool as like I try to make my riffs and whatnot, it's, I still want it to be catchy. You know, something that you can, like, tap your foot along to. If, if you got to, like, focus and count, it's like, hmm. I can appreciate that, too, with certain bands. Like, I love Meshuggah. It's one of my okay. one of my all-time favorite bands. And some of their stuff, it's like, especially for people that aren't used to that type of music, like if you're if not into metal, like forget it. Don't even bother trying to listen to Meshuggah. I think, but even if you do like metal, but you don't venture into that proggy like math metal territory, then listening to Meshuggah is gonna give you a headache. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I get that. I, when I was uh, uh up in Tampa, there were a lot of bands that were black metal, death metal, and like uh, I liked it to a certain extent. But when you have a lot of those bands back to back, they kind of start to melt into each other. Mm -hmm. Um. Not saying that they weren't good bands, just yeah, like you said, if it's not necessarily your thing, which it's not, like I like it. I like the band Death. I like certain bands yeah. that are heavier than normal metal, but to a certain extent, yeah, you know, it kind of. I got over that shit. Had to take a walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, it gets like that with prog metal to some people, which is like the kind of music that we play. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, like uh, I, I've talked to some people. I was like, hey man, what'd you think of uh, of War Paint? Our, our 12 minute song and some people straight up told me it's like yeah that shit was too long you know what I mean and I get it which is cool with me it's just not gonna be for everybody is it only 12 minutes long come on that's it's <laughs> not that long <laughs> but for me a song that I think Dream Theater has songs three times that long Pink Floyd has a 24 minute song alright but it's not a dick measuring contest <laughs> Uh, back, back in the is. 70s it was Probably <laughs> Where were we gonna make a 24 minute song mate <laughs> yeah. Pick up the whole B side Yeah So fucking <laughs> um, Spot on It's just not gonna be for everyone man Which is like I think is one of the cool things about music Someone could find Deep meaning And mm. life's virtuous lessons Through something that you think is dog shit Yeah Like Lil Wayne People think he professes these deep fucking psalms in his verses. But like a couple of people listen to him and they're like, the G and lasagna silent. What's Real so genius about that? silence like lasagna. Yeah. For me, that line was retarded. That might be the most brilliant line in I mean, in like I get it. history. I get it. <laughs> but is he really a fucking genius for saying that the Absolutely. G is silent and lasagna? Yes. <laughs> Who else would realize that? I sure as hell didn't. <laughs> You know what? what Let's get real for a second. That what? guy's a philosopher. Come on. God now. damn it. All right. I'll have to admit it here on the throne first. Little Wayne is the, the best now. philosopher of our times. 
Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, be damned. I thought you were going in for a fist bump for a second. Cosmos, like, yeah, right. damn right he is. <laughs> the Cosmos should be hosted by Lil Wayne next season. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yo, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually, when he when he does interviews, his voice is like super raspy. He's like. That's because he's barely yeah, he's conscious. Like, yeah. uh, I'm about to I'm about to tell y'all about these planets, man. I, I'm about to roll <laughs> another blood. <laughs> uh, man, these planets, man. <laughs> I don't even these know. These planets? Uh, yeah, because he's, he's hosting the cosmos, man. Uh. <laughs> he stepped I think, in I think you're DeGrasse. hosting the cosmos right he now. Ste- he, stepped, he stepped in for Neil deGrasse Tyson because he's the best philosopher of our time. Shout out to Lil Wayne. Those two are uh, interchangeable, usually. I mean, yeah, I, how could when I think of one, I can't help but think of the other. I don't know about Dude, you. can you imagine Lil Wayne and Neil deGrasse Tyson on the same track? Yes. That would be some yes, fucking fire, dude. He should get Neil on the hook. Nate Dogg should join in there. Smoke weed, dude. <laughs> Just throwing a hook. Nate Dogg threw in the best hooks, man. What is it with... with um, there's something about certain bands that transcend, like, the... The culture, like genre-wise, like you know how some people are like really elitist, like oh I don't fuck with that rock shit. It's just a bunch of screaming, and then yeah. people who don't fuck with rap at all. Shout out to Matt, uh, and they're like you know like what, what is it that they're <laughs> talking about hoes and money and shit? And Matt from Good Rock. <laughs> um, but there's bands like System of a Down and uh. Lincoln Park. And Let's talk about system real quick. Yeah. Real quick, because you just brought it up and you're talking about polarization, right? I love System of a Down. I'll go on record right now and say I love System of a Down. They're one of the greatest bands to come out of like the, the early 2000s, late 90s. Late 90s, yeah. That was it. Was a, a good time for me. I was like in middle school, high, early high school. I was a baby. So, cool. <laughs> Chop suey. So, <laughs> but I, I was obsessed with that band for a little bit. Fuck yeah! Who was like it? I. That was titty. that was one of those bands where like I was like really head first into like playing guitar and learning riffs and songs. So I at one point I think I knew almost every system song. I mean they're not exactly hard anyway, but like really? to play yeah, I mean it, and they, that's kind of what got me drop tuning because they play in drop C. So like back then especially I was a lot younger still learning. I was like drop C, I had to like look up how to put my guitar that way and once I figured it out I'm like oh it sounds really Cool and heavy, and then I learned all their stuff and whatever. I was a lot younger many years ago. But point is, what I was saying, system, I love. It's not just nostalgia. Like I, I can put it on right now today and and just jam to it. I think it's fun music. It's definitely unique, but it gets shit on a lot. There's a I know a ton of people that they're like system. No, what year is it? You know. Um, really. Unfortunately, I've honestly, that's what I was going to say to me. System is one of the bands that even people who don't listen to metal, for some reason, they love the song Chop Suey. They love the song Toxicity. They love the song BYOB. Yeah, no, you're right. There is, it it breaks ground in the sense that it it reaches into like people who don't listen to metal. Correct. But that was one of the first metal bands that I got into. Those songs though, the ones you just named. It's, I think it's all the hits from Toxicity, Mm -hmm. the title track Chop Suey and then Aerials. Remember that dude? BYOB too. Yeah, that was yeah, that was huge. The BYOB right. was, was like, dude, huge. everyone knew BYOB, man. Yeah, I mean, it went, and then they put the, it in a rock band. The, there was this thing called radio, 
<laughs> back in the day. Yeah, good point. That's why I FM first heard radio, Tool, man. And, and I would hear BYOB like seven times a day. The Pot, man. You remember when The Pot came out? Dude, yes, I do. 06, 93 Rock. Oh, you're talking about music still. Yeah, yeah, I still remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, The Pot. Dude, <laughs> that record was like... Do I remember? I was like, is he really talking about <laughs> sticking his finger at someone's like... Like, I thought I was mishearing that song, but that was the first Tool song I heard, and then uh, I think it was Schism after that. <laughs> Hang on. Back up. What were you just saying? You know, the lyrics, <laughs> he's like, who are you to put your... Yeah. Who shit. are you to wave yeah. your I was like, am I hearing this right? Is, is he really mad about some dude sticking his face in his... You know, sticking his hand in his face? Because well, there's also Stink Fist. You know that song? No. Track one from... See, this is the first Tool song that I'm hearing as a child. You know, I gotta understand this. Put this into context. But to this day, you don't know the song anymore? Um, I've heard 10,000 I mean, Fists. Uh, or 10, 000, wow, 10,000 Days. 10,000 Fists. <laughs> 10,000 Days. You got fingers and fists on that. Yeah. Uh, that's I, a different band. Yeah, I know. That's just start. Fuck you. Uh, I've, I know, I know 10,000 Days, and I know Lateralis, but I haven't really heard that much before those okay you um, need to do yourself a personal favor you've, okay. n- you've never heard the album anima i've heard it like once but i never put too and much. probably not even like straight through you probably heard like most of it in some, pieces. some song about a hooker right yeah that's like the least interesting track okay no but track one it's called stink fist okay think about what that might be about but uh yeah. i got i gotta do my research do and anyone listening yeah do your research about what that song's about oh, that's disgusting in the same vein as the pot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I never connected the dots. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that is true. Radio did used to have a bigger role in what people listen to than it does now. Yeah, no, for sure. And satellite radio is cool. Like that's what's out now, you know. And FM people radio's... really use satellite radio. I do. Really, I love satellite. I've radio. never had satellite radio. What's that like? Well, the only reason I think I've used it is because of my car. Like right. when, I, when I bought my car three years ago, it came with uh, XM radio. For and free? It had a trial for oh, th- okay. three years, or not three years, three month trial. And then after that, if you like it, you just pay the subscription and it's cheap. It's like 12 bucks a month or something. And I just have all the presets on my car. And it's like if you have liquid metal on, you know, it's just metal, obviously. And there's like no commercials and, uh, a lot no of, commercials, you said? No, zero commercials. That's cool. It might be a quick ad for like the station every like three or four songs. And that's just nonstop random metal. Like the DJs are cooler because they can play anything from like the most obscure thing that no one's heard of to like the hits. Like you'll hear The Pot by Tool come on. But then the next song will be like this unheard of black metal song from like it's a deep cut from an album from the 80s. It's like, who the fuck? Maybe seven people listening right now know what the hell this song is. And right. heard it before. But hey, you better believe it came on. And those people are like, whoa. And then anyone else that hasn't heard it, you're like, hey, maybe Might look it's into a that chance band. to discover some new music. That's cool. So do you think a, a way to maybe get on is to try and get on one of these metal satellite radio shows? I mean, what's the, the audience for one of these? It seems to be pretty uh, high. You know, like it's growing. There, there definitely is a, a fan base for XM Radio and... Uh, every station has their own DJ, you know, some of them are like, there's this guy, Jose Mangan. He's very just like hyper and, but he's like a metalhead. He's almost like dorky in his own right. But, but like you Eddie like Eddie Trunk? Uh, well, Eddie Trunk was a, a different kind of like just persona, but he was cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like, and he's, he also had the show, you know, the, that metal show or whatever. So yeah, that was an XM radio show then. 
No, that was a, a television show. Oh fuck! I mean, I, yeah. I stopped watching TV so long ago. That's I also stopped listening to radio, that's, man. That's something I did. I don't watch TV anymore. Like, I mean, I watch Netflix shows. Netflix sometimes, but that's about it. Like if I watch any kind of TV show, it's on Netflix. I don't watch television. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I cut I cut that shit. It, to me, it was the advertising. That really, I mean, obviously the price too. I mean, you're paying for a bunch of channels you don't use because they come in package deals and this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just hated getting all these stupid fucking advertisements all the time. You gotta you gotta sit through them. Yeah, it's like ten minutes of show and then five minutes of commercials. Yeah. The worst culprit was MTV. I don't know if you ever watched MTV, like maybe in the late 2000s, 07, 08, 09. No, by then it had abandoned music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But there were some good fucking shows, I think. Like what? Like Robin Big. I like Robin Big. I liked uh, Rob Deardex Fantasy Factory. These are are some good shows, man. Uh, What else? Uh, (laughs) The show Made was fucking funny to look at. Made, that sounds familiar. It's where they'll be like, yeah, I want to be a a rock star, whatever. And then they'll be like, hey, what's up? I'm fucking some dude from some band from back in the day, and I'm here to help you become a rock star. Or like, uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> was that Randy? Yeah, Dude, no, for real. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get to what's WrestleMania up? this Sunday. And there won't be anyone. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> um no, dude, or like, there was this one dude who wanted to be a wrestler, funny, and you know who helped him out was fucking Kurt Angle, dude. Kurt Angle comes out, fucking gives a kid an ankle lock or some shit. <laughs> oh, you want to be a wrestler? He's wearing, he's wearing uh-uh. it. <laughs> How about now? He, someone throws him a mic, he starts cutting a promo, and then they cut to commercial. But no, uh, like a, a half hour show, uh, well, a show that takes up a half hour slot, it'll be 20 minutes of show. And it's legit 10 minutes of commercial. And it's like, yo, it's a half hour slot. What the fuck, man? Or like, I'd yeah. even, uh, even kids show commercials. The, the Kids show commercials would be like the Billy Mays commercials. Like, why are you advertising OxyClean on a fucking SpongeBob, like, run? You know what I mean? You know what happened to Billy Mays, don't you? He got hit in the head with a suitcase after doing too much cocaine or something. <laughs> <laughs> I knew about the ladder, but I didn't know about the suitcase part. What? No, what I heard. Okay, this is the original story that I heard about Mr. Billy Mays here. Billy Mays here with cocaine. Uh, no. Um, Who's that other guy? The, the other guy. Anthony. The ShamWow. Uh, Anthony. Jo- oh no, no, the ShamWow guy. Who's the that guy's guy? Story. Vince. Dude, that Vince. Vince? Well, yeah, yeah, Vince here. ShamWow. No, but that guy's. He beat up the hooker. Yeah, he beat up a hooker. That's his whole thing, yeah. Out of everything they yell. <laughs> no, that's what he did. <laughs> he so, beat up a hooker. Yeah. He used all that ShamWow money, let it get to his head, <laughs> hire a couple fucking broads, and slapped them up. <laughs> that's what the fuck he did. And he got charged for it. Um, and then, uh, no, but what I heard about Billy Mays was that he was on a flight. And, <laughs> and, and someone, like, really? stuffed too much luggage in the overhead compartment. <laughs> And when he went to take his luggage down, it <laughs> fell and it hit him in the head. And when he went home, he was like, he didn't think anything of it. And he went to sleep and didn't wake up because he had a concussion, apparently. That's what I heard. But then later, I heard about the cocaine. Would OxyClean have come in handy there? Maybe. <laughs> OxyClean here. Uh, <laughs> Everybody have some OxyClean. <laughs> we have a head injury. Is, is there an infomercial host hey, in the house? Does have OxyClean? Dude, like, do you think OxyClean, like... 
their business went it, down after Billy Mays died. It, like, it might have gone up. Their stocks. <laughs> like, um, how yeah. bad How bad did Subway take a hit when Fogel went down for the kid point? <laughs> what are we in the military? Fogel. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know the guy. Or, or if you're in prison with him. Hey, that's Fogel over there. <laughs> you see the guy sitting over there? That's Fogel. <laughs> We don't talk to him. <laughs> He's in here for kitty porn. <laughs> no, but uh, but um, Fogel. Uh, <laughs> what about Fogel? I mean, how much do you think Subway took a hit after that? That probably was not too I pretty. I think it wasn't that great for them. Like, in the, that, I remember that line while, graph probably went. Yeah, <laughs> it took a big dive. Uh, I remember for a while people were referring to Subway as like. Uh, like pedo sandwiches, oh, <laughs> people were not <laughs> happy with so, dude. I, I, well, the <laughs> jokes were relentless. Dude, fucking subway, eat fresh. Yeah, yeah, I bet eat fresh. <laughs> Fogel was eating real fresh. <laughs> Yo, for real. I mean, it's disgusting, but isn't it interesting how the spokesperson for a company? Can do one wrong thing, and then all of a sudden that company is just done for. Yeah. Even though Fogel wasn't the one making the sandwiches. Right. You know, who's that? Bro- Fogel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's that? That woman? Uh, was it Paula Dean? Yeah. The one that it made that comment. Yeah. Thirty years ago or twenty yeah, years ago, yeah, it wasn't even cooking. Wasn't show. even a current thing. Well, no. What happened? She lost I heard her she show. had like a slave-themed party. <laughs> <laughs> like like a like a like a like a plantation themed get together, um, which may or may not be true. So we should probably let's move on amicably. No, no, no we'll, we'll fact check. <laughs> but if Paula Dean wants to go ahead and sponsor the throne, you know where to reach us. Uh, no, there's been so many situations like that. There's a Papa John's thing now. Oh yeah, he said the N word, right? Poor, yeah, poor Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> but he's suing. Papa John's. Papa John is suing Papa John's. How could he, man? All right, tell me what happened. No loyalty. Paula Dean reportedly planned a wedding with waiters who looked like slaves, quote unquote. See, there you go. So she did some. What what did you call it, though? A slave party? A slave get together. (laughs) Uh, A shindig, if you will. Mm. Um, And. uh, All right, well. I mean, honestly, maybe. Nah, she can't have a show, right? That's fucked. It is fucked. That's that's a little bit more, I guess. Well, no. Fogel's bad, too. Well, how do you feel There's about no the Bill Cosby <laughs> incident? I mean, what? Ah, uh, okay. That one. years later, That's what's chicks. tough. Thank you, Juicy, because you just segued into a perfect like example. Because, okay, Paula Dean, yeah, cunt, right? <laughs> Fogel, piece of shit, walking right, garbage. Yeah, definitely. Bill Cosby. Mm. Pretty despicable human America's being in, in the end. Great guy. <laughs> However, Christian conservative. Pull your Jello pants pudding up. pops. <laughs> no, but seriously. Hey, hey, hey. So, but what sucks is that his comedy Probably is the last thing all those women heard. Huh? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You better get the pudding. That's not even the same guy. Dude, he wrote Fat Albert. You dick. He wrote it. He wrote it. But listen, listen Lewis, this is your first episode. Let's let's stay, there, stay in your lane, please. There, there's, a, there's a point. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, hey, go a, fuck yourself right? Hey, How about that? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, well, there, there was a point in there somewhere. Oh, the oh, his comedy is brilliant. Okay, Bill Cosby yeah. is... Look, I'm going to just say it. He's hilarious and probably one of the funniest people 
in history. In history, look. He's in the top ten. Look, for, for a comedian of his time, I mean, and, I mean, there, he had some brilliant jokes. But to me, I think someone like George Carlin, who was around yeah, well, he's around the he's, same time, he's up there. was doing a lot more, let's just, like, realistic material. Like, Bill Cosby was very cotton candy-ish, and, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't dirty. I respect, like, fucking Robin Williams and, and George Carlin and... Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. These crazy fucks and uh, uh, Richard Pryor, too. I, I kind of respect comics who could say some outlandish, dirty shit and, like, lose the crowd and then gain them back with the next line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, yeah. Cosby, like, he had a show going. He had Fat Albert. People knew who he was. He was, like, kid-friendly. So, like, I'll give him that he was a brilliant writer, but I don't know. Just in the realm of comedians, I like the dirtier comedians. Well, since we're talking about good comedians that completely sabotage themselves, Louis C.K. Louis C., yeah. That was a, another one that was hard to digest. I mean, at least he <clears throat> asked I've been a, for consent, kind of. Right? <laughs> well, no, I mean, there were some well, cases where he wasn't letting, letting people Yeah, leave, he I might think. have asked, but he also didn't care. Yeah. You know? There was so, that. I personally love Louis C.K. He was my, like... Probably is again if you can separate the art from the artist, which we'll probably get into now. Mm-hmm. But if if you can do that, he's in my top three. Cosby's in like top ten, and I think overall really, he. Though? Yeah, Lou. Well, what are you saying, really, to Cosby or about to Cosby? Louis? No, Louis great. Cosby. The thing about Cosby is I didn't even realize this until like somewhat recently, like three years ago, four years ago. I started kind of like, and the catalyst to all this was maybe like four or five years ago. I saw him come on one of these tonight show appearances or late night show appearances, you know, one of the late night shows. shows and he comes on and he's old. He's super old, man. He's like in his, at the time he was in his seventies already, probably late seventies. And I'm cracking up. I'm cracking up at everything out of it. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. Like every line out of his mouth is just like a one liner. Right. You know? And then it, that I kind of like, I'm like, oh, let me look into his, his stuff. And this was before people even kind of was, you know, knew that he was a scumbag. But <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Certain like, people knew apparently. Apparently it was like a hit. It's been going back, but it's been like brushed under secret. the rug. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that it, it got to the point where it was just like, yo, you can't ignore this anymore. But, right. But before that even happened, yeah. I'm, I'm looking into his history and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, this guy is great. He really is. He was just put on this planet to. Uh, be funny despite drinks no to uh <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to do comedy and he was he was amazing is amazing well wasn't that's the thing is no i mean that's the thing uh like you said we could get into that now separating the art from 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 the artist but i mean i ca- i guess it's the same reason that there's people who are fans of oj it's like man the motherfucker was an amazing mm-hmm. player you mm-hmm. know what i mean he set records that have stood the test of time right but he fucking murdered somebody two people and got away with it, and like, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And he did beat his wife and shit before he killed her. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's the same shit with a lot of artists. Biggie used to sell crack to people and ruin lives. Same thing with <laughs> with uh, Jay Z. Jay Z used to sell crack, and like that shit, you know. Oh, maybe they don't do it now, or maybe they weren't the big time dealer. But at the end of the day, anyone you're selling crack to, you're just making their life worse. Or what about Tim Lambesis? Who the fuck is that? Uh, as I lay dying. He's the guy who put a hit on his wife a couple years ago. What the you fuck? You never heard about this? No, I did not. You know about this. I don't fuck with As I Lay Dying, so. Neither do I. I can't say so I'm a I fan or have shit. heard their music, but 
that's a band that I have plenty of friends that like, listen to them. Some of them used to listen to them. You oh, know, because, okay. Because of that? Because of that. The guy, you know, got caught because it was like an undercover detective that he tried to hire. Right. <laughs> that's fun. So it just blew up in his face. So he's and in jail now or what? He was in jail. He was just recently released. Wow. Like this happened like two or three years ago and then he just Is this the band out. that just like started re-releasing material again? Yeah. That people were and, going. And it's the same singer? The same singer. It's the original line of like the, reunited. The guy who got, I, I, I've had people on Facebook sharing songs of this fucking band. They've only put out, I think, one track or two tracks. Yeah, I know, but there was some people on my Facebook that were sharing it, like dumb, excited about it, and like this dude put yeah. out a hit on his wife. If you listen to, they, they like, yeah, they got back together. They released the track. I heard it. I'm not a like. I, I can't. I've really never I've listened, listened to them. I've heard in passing, maybe one or. Excuse me, I'm getting fucking hiccups. Uh, and one or I've maybe heard one or two songs in um, all my years, but I heard this new song just because it was like being thrown all over the place, yeah. and, and because of the controversy, I was like, yeah, let me hear this song. I'm like, holy shit, this this is pretty good. <laughs> Who is this band? Let me go back and check them out. But that's that separating art from artists. You know, you got now you got your your fan base is split in half, and you know what's funny too? They're a Christian band. What? Yes. That, like their lyrics are all like inspiring and and clean for the most part. Like it's all very well. Then it's bullshit. positive stuff. It and just seems kind of yeah. That's the big thing. Is it's oh he's a hypocrite. He's a fake, and he's just you know. Those are very valid accusations to make. They said he was on like roids and stuff though, because he was heavy into like uh, bodybuilding and stuff. So. I don't think that's an excuse to put out a hit on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I'd I like guess to know I'm not going to say. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe she uh, maybe she tickled him a little too much. But uh, no, no, no. Metal singers don't like that. Yeah, they don't. Uh, but do you know from experience? No. <laughs> uh, no, what I was I Just imagine say it's was, hard to, like, growl while laughing. Yeah, no, you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> try it. Uh, try it now at home. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. When you have someone... At least one person out there did it. <laughs> ...who has some <laughs> fucked up shit like that, I, I still don't think it's right to say they're untalented or that they make shitty art. But it is appropriate to understand that they are a shitty person and that's probably not someone you should look up to. Right. In a way other than maybe be inspired by their art. But it's I, fucking weird. I think you can... Uh, maybe not easily, but it's definitely possible to separate art from the artist. And then I'm not saying I expect everyone to. I know it's impossible in some cases and for some people. But me, it's like, I, you know, I try my best. I try my best to think that Cosby is just hilarious and Louis C.K. is one of the funniest people in, on the planet. And, you know, all these other atrocities that are committed. You know, everyone's human. So shit happens, I, I suppose. But... At the end of the day, if they're doing something that positively influences your life and you get something out of it, you know, it's like, let's just focus on that then, you know. And No, I agree with you uh, in that regard. I just feel like <clears throat> when it comes to certain things that people did, like for me, it's a lot easier to forgive a Louis C.K. than it is a Bill Cosby because of the severity of the crime committed mm -hmm. or, or the, the wrong committed. So... For me, someone who's roofied over 30 ladies and banged them is worse than over someone... Over a few decades. Right, yeah, yeah. Something that was uh, 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 
an ever and you know like a, a thing that went on for a long period of time and i'm sure his wife his wife had to be fucking in on it or knew that something had gone on because there had been previous lawsuits that had gotten thrown away and like certain accusations throughout the years that have been like you said brushed under the rug so it's not like she was completely oblivious to the situation like hillary clinton hillary clinton knows bill clinton's a fucking dog <laughs> she knew yeah so uh i think there's a a lot more uh like darkness to that Versus a weird, a weirdo like Louis C.K. just pulling it out, mm-hmm. wanking it for a little bit. He's not forcing it yeah, inside there's, anybody. There's levels. Yeah, there's levels to this shit. Is basically what it boils down to. But like, again, uh, I mean Floyd Mayweather. He's a fucking great boxer. Mm-hmm. He beat the fuck out of his wife a couple times. What I hear. Uh, Chris Brown. Pe- people love him. Beat the shit yeah. out of Rihanna. Uh, so I think it's cl- like people make it out to be like. Oh, that's heinous, and you should never listen to As I Lay Dying again, or you should never listen to Chris Brown again. But they're very uh, willing to forgive an artist that they like. Like, me, I don't like Chris Brown. It's easy for me to say, fuck Chris Brown. I don't fuck mm-hmm. with Chris Brown. I don't like his music. But you would have said that anyway. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but for me, like, the As I Lay Dying thing, um, I haven't listened to the music, but if I listened to it and I enjoyed it, I wouldn't. Stop! Li- I probably you wouldn't, wouldn't support prevent yourself. Them. Yeah, from like, I, I can't enjoy this. Right, I right. Can't. How could I? It's right. like, no, who cares? Well, it's not who cares, but like, you know, it, it's if you like it enough, okay, that that's their objective, right? If, if that's what they were trying to do, and that resonates with you, you know, accept it. I suppose. I think there's too many people who have done fucked up shit in this world to not enjoy the art that those fucked up people have put out. Like, some people put out good art and are pieces of shit like uh i mean i heard john lennon was kind of a dick and he <laughs> was, was he? part of the beatles that's what i heard he had like mommy issues and uh he would like beat on yoko i think i heard is that a thing lou did he used to beat on yoko ono we're about to find out by the way how long we've we been going um 52 minutes oh okay. already that's not bad uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he used to beat on Yoko. Uh, is there, like, where do you draw the line though? That's the real question. Because, like I said, it's easy for me to forgive Louis C.K. versus Bill Cosby, but that's <clears throat> a very different. It's easy for you to forgive Louis C.K. Right? There's a lot of there's a lot thing. of women in particular that. Well, hey, this podcast could take a turn in another direction, but yeah, without getting too much into it, it's nice. Look at this. There's perfectly timed interruption from Louis over here. But uh, no, for sure there's people bad. who look at Lou and or Louie and uh, <laughs> and Lou. John Lennon beat his women and his children. There you go. Also, it wasn't just Yoko. Nah. And uh, it wasn't just women. He beat Sean Lennon too. The kid's name Sean. Yeah, Sean and John. Sean. That's John. intentional. That's where Puff Daddy got it. I'm just. I'm just. I just I made don't like that, that at all. <laughs> no, but I'm sure there's people who disagree with that point that oh no, they don't look at Louis C.K. the same. Mm-hmm. But really, where do you draw the line? It's subjective. Every single person is different. Which is uh exactly my point. You're never gonna come to a point where it's a black and white issue as far as separating the artist from their art. You either fuck with the art or you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll open this water real quick. That's vodka, dude. Ah, delicious. I know you. But at the end of the day, there are some artists that 
are a little too fucked up. Like Van Gogh. Cutting off his own ear. Who the fuck does that shit? At least it's his own ear. Think about that. Does anyone know why he did that? Because he loves his sister or some shit? <laughs> he gave it to the girl he was seeing as a gift of his love. Really? Mm-hmm. That's he, disgusting. Did he wrap it? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. He really... That, when did Van Gogh die? When, what was his era? Mm-hmm. Does anyone know? I think it was Renaissance. The Renaissance. So it's like the 1500s? I played Assassin's Creed 2. That's why I know that. 15 or 1600s. Do you, what do you do in your spare time, Renee? Hey, Siri. Other than play guitar. <laughs> uh, well, that's a very... What, are we on a date? Yeah. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I walk on the beach while playing guitar. But do you let your hair down too? Like Fabian or Fabian? If the, yeah, if the wind's right. The wind's always right on the beach. For real though, you know, we both know you don't like no fucking long walks on the fucking beach. <laughs> I don't like the beach. <laughs> I hate the beach. Really? Yeah, can't you tell? <laughs> I, I actually, you know what, dude? I don't fuck with beaches. If I had a choice, I'd rather go to a pool. Pool, yeah, I mean, pools, I, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't even shower if it was optional. <laughs> just hate the water. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But the beach, the beach is okay. It's just, it's too much sand, bro. Like, I mean, I, I dig the water. I yeah, dig the environment. Vagina. But, bro, there's always sand everywhere for days afterward. Yes, sand in my vagina, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that coming out on the audio? It is, huh? Let me see if I can pa- pause it real quick. <laughs> so, when it comes to the album, uh, Tremors, I wanted to talk about that again before we get out of here and wrap it this bitch up. Uh, what's your writing process like? <laughs> pause. We gotta keep that shit. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we what's your writing process? <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When I say write, like. When you guys write songs, do you guys jam out ever? Like, just jam, like, yo, I have this riff. What, what can you play to this? Yeah, I mean, we try. Sometimes it, it just flows. You know, you'll be in the room, the four of us, and somebody starts doing something, it just kind of, like, explodes, and everyone's into it. And before you know it, you got a groove going on. And sometimes it's a matter of bringing something to the table. You know, we say, hey, I've got this. Check it out. Play it a couple times. They digest it. People, you know, start coming up with what they think is going to be good. And you just layer, layer on top and switch things out, count, figure out how many times, you know, you're going to do everything. And yeah, typical stuff. Nothing too exciting. It's the usual. But it's probably more pre-planned than it is spur of the moment jamming. Is there like a a head songwriter? Yeah, uh, it would be me. Just... So you compose the music. I'm saying, yeah, I guess compose yeah, would be better. The, the riffs, I mean, the basic structures of the song, you know, as far as how it starts and the body of it and how long it runs and kind of the, you know, the material, the, just the material itself, if it, whatever the song consists of, it's usually my, like, doing, you know, and then uh, bass will come later, drums will come later. Uh, and vocals vocals me and Lou you know we have an interesting dynamic too where he's presented lyrics to me before where I read the lyrics and then that gives me an idea like it sparks a a creative riff or something yeah sometimes it'll be more like of a mood or a a feel an ambiance you know a theme something I'll read 
and I'm trying to like tap into like what he's thinking, what's going on in his head. So a lot of times, you know, we've known each other so long, we play together so much that like, all right, let me come up with something. Let me let me ride off that idea. And even though all it is is words, it's just like a lyrical theme. So something can sprout from that usually. And it's just really cool, you know. I mean, we have a lot of emotion in our music, even for being like a, a particularly heavy band. Uh, it's definitely not just screaming and angst. No, I don't think it is either. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you guys in the scene because <clears throat> I really think there's a lot of talent out here, but there's certain bands that do stand out. And I think that you guys are one of the bands that stand out. And it's because there's like a, a complexity, but there's also a catchiness to it where like, a lot of the bands have, uh, how do I say this without sounding like a dick? <laughs> like, just sit, like. You probably can't, so just say I it. can't, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess like simplistic <laughs> material, you know what I mean? For the mm -hmm. sake of being catchy for an audience or easy, easy listening, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Whereas like you guys just kind of write melodic and, and heavy shit. But there's, I mean, lose clean vocals are dope too. So it's like there's two aspects to you guys. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you ever take time to write lyrics or do you only write guitar parts? I've done it. Uh, I do consider myself a writer uh, as far as lyrics, but not, I mean, I can't say that too much because like you won't hear it in Born Beneath, you know, but on my computer, I've got files upon files of just like over the years of written, whether it's at four in the morning, maybe not completely sober or in the middle of the day just i don't know after work or something like it just anytime it sprouts like all i will write and i put thoughts down and i like to think I'm, I'm decent at it you know and in the i think i've maybe thrown one or two ideas at lou and he's liked it and maybe it hasn't stemmed you know nothing's happened yet because of just time or other priorities and stuff but uh he's definitely liked some of my stuff so i wouldn't be surprised if next album you'll see at least a couple tracks that you co-write yeah like i, I want to get more into the vocals too you know like backing vocals yeah I that's think. one thing that i really dig about us um for the cp that we're dropping um i'm getting me and vince are getting a lot more involved on doing uh vocals we do vocals live backup vocals live but uh for the ep that we put out last year age of the eternal ice plague we didn't really do too many in the studio mm -hmm. i did <clears throat> a harmony on live by the fire and that was about it. But live, I do harmonies for Ice. I do harmonies for Goodbye for Now. I noticed that, I think, for the last or for the first time last <clears throat> show, when you guys played at Churchill's. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, front and center and I was watching you guys. And I don't know why I've never seen it before, but I noticed you doing vocals. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and not just like here and there, like you were pretty in there. You know? Yeah. So that's awesome. I always love, I'm very impressed. Like I admire drummers that can do that. Because, I mean, that's the most, like, time-specific, precise instrument, in my opinion, that you've got to be you have on to your be. A game, yeah. you know, show in, show out. So the fact that you can do that plus sing, it's like, whoa. So, yeah, you got my tip of the hat for that. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, it definitely wasn't easy. There were a lot of practices uh, with Alex yelling at me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how the fuck you get good, man. Like, you have – it's one part practice and another part – well, three parts, really. It's one part practice, one part you pushing yourself. And I think it, it helps when you have someone in your band that's pushing you to be better. Because mm -hmm. when I came into <laughs> you know, I was an yeah. okay drummer. But learning some of the pieces that Alex has written, 
um, and learning to play and sing in key at the same time has pushed me as a musician overall. And I appreciate Unoya and I appreciate my band for that. Because without my band pushing me to be better, I would not be the drummer that I am now two years later. It's great to hear that because I'm a big like advocate of the sense that a band should learn and grow off of each other. Yeah. You know, and it, it sucks sometimes because most bands, I guess, like to consider themselves as a democracy where, you know, sometimes there's just one guy in charge. But a lot of times, especially from people I seem to know, it's, yeah, the bands just have like a all say kind of thing where everyone chips in and, and you know, it's it's all just a team effort, which is fine. That's I kind of agree with that and think that's how it should be. That's how Born Beneath is, too. Um, but ultimately, it's like... Whether it's like that or just one guy completely in charge steering the ship, uh, it's always good to listen to your bandmates, you know, yeah. because it's ultimately you are playing on the same team and the intentions are always going to be good. You're never going to do something that's going to steer yourself wrong, you know. So if, if you got a bandmate telling you like, dude, let's try this, let's do this, let's do this, try it, do it. Don't not, even if you might not agree with it, be open, try it before you not. <clears throat> You know? I think that's very important for a band to succeed is everyone, for one, to be on the same page, have the same goal, but also, yeah, to be open to suggestions. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes, th- this is the thing is with me when I first got in the band is I would shut down ideas um, coming from people who knew more than me about music. And like Alex and Brian, who, I mean, they take their time to, I mean, our whole EP was recorded in-house. Uh, Alex and Brian uh, recorded, and then Brian spent a month at least mixing and mastering it. So these guys have put the hours and the time in just to studying music theory. <clears throat> and in the beginning, I was very close-minded on certain things, but it's once you become more uh, personable and like you allow yourself to kind of take criticism better and shit. Yeah. It's honestly, I've grown as a person being in a fucking band. Having to collaborate with other adults who don't have to take your shit, like, yeah, it humbles you, especially you know, when you're in a room and you're not the smartest person in the room. Sometimes it's hard to let or to not let like ego and pride get Very hard. get in the way. Yeah, you know, but in the long run, you got to you, you got to just sit back and and look at things from different angles because yeah. it's so easy to just be like, you're wrong, I'm right, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case, you know. And, like I said, it's all about good intentions. Everyone in the band has good intentions. So yeah. Try everything. You know, don't knock anything down. Just see what sticks. Yeah, that's. I have a um, a great amount of respect for bands. Um, I mean, and the fact that, I mean, bands who have done something, because dealing with four other people's personalities isn't always the easiest thing to deal with. Uh, <laughs> when they have different opinions on a part or. Just different opinions on maybe even a gig to play. Some people don't oh, want to play course. certain gigs, or some yeah. people think they're above certain time slots. Dealing with that shit is hard enough. So I think you gotta leave that shit at the door. Yeah. Uh, and I think at this point, thus far, we've done a pretty decent job at that. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a a rocky road at first for me, but they had already been doing it for a couple of years, and this was my first serious band, so. It took me a little bit of time to understand that it's not, I'm not always right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, which I think is a very important lesson for everyone to fucking learn. And you know what? I'll say you, 
for being your first serious band, as you say, like you're doing pretty well for yourself. This is a great band. I think I got y- lucky. You know, <laughs> you're you're amongst great people, man. Yeah, I respect every single one of those guys. You guys are all amazing. Thank and you're you. one of my all-time favorite locals. Like I for sure, for appreciate sure. that shit. Uh, shed a tear right now, man. Tear. Um, with that being said, is there anything you want to talk about, Tremors, or anything before we wrap this bitch up and get out of here? Well, uh, this will be for sure the last time I say coming soon. Yeah, it's 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 coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> for real, it's gonna be uh, right now. It's, have you gone? It'll it's almost Halloween. It. It'll be out by Thanksgiving. It, the music's done. It's literally. I mean, I just gave you four tracks. Now I gave JC <clears throat> half the record. That's for me, um, not for y'all. Not for y'all. In fact, if you put it anywhere, I'm gonna kill you. Okay. So, Deal. Uh, for I'm your ears die. only. But other than that, it'll be out soon within the month, you know, Thanksgiving time, um, ringing the new year right. And then, yeah, we'll be back on uh, playing shows, a lot of shows in, in support of the record, uh, hopefully sooner than later. If you guys do an album release party, you already know. You're in. Thank yeah. you. That's uh, right. It's not even an afterthought. Eras One must do it as well. Eras One? Who's that? <laughs> oh hey he's in the one. room hey. yeah here's one. Oh man <laughs> no, i love you so many one, good man. bands they, out here. they'll be there for sure uh do you guys have an idea on what, like maybe album release or something on like a show for that um, maybe december or do you want to do it after the new year ideally well in, in the perfect world yeah we'll do it in december it's just things are always hard around the holidays you know a lot of not only is everyone busy uh People both with work out. and personally you know but it's just kind of like even venues and stuff like everyone's got events you know it's like holiday events holiday events so to squeeze in like an album release party might be tough um but if we do it it'll be yeah it'll be december but if not you better believe we'll be probably launching it like the right way in january okay hey man i ain't never mad at that yeah always love doing ep shows video release shows so i'm very excited for that do you guys have any videos that you're working on maybe well now that the music is uh ready and mastered and 100 percent done we can finally do like a good official video um so we're gonna we're shout gonna, out lab pixels shout out to lab pixels yes uh it'll be with him really yeah fuck yeah i don't see why not we've talked about it He's many times awesome. so uh, He's awesome. barring some unforeseen incident it's going to be with him and it's also hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, on that note, you know ya. Uh, you can catch us October 27th in Fort Myers, Old Soul Brewing. Uh, and then the 31st, Wednesday, Halloween. Come get spoopy with us. And the Coven and another band down at Dive Bay. Uh, in Fort Lauderdale, down on the A1A. It's a super dope spot. You ever been there? No, I have not. Come check it. Talking about Lou's Dive Bar, right? Been, yeah, yeah. No. Lou's come out to a show at Dive Bar. It's a very chill spot. Have you guys played there, Lou? Well, he does every Wednesday, man, and he pays. Shout out to Garage to Nowhere. Awesome guy. Follow him on Instagram. Great photographer. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, man. So that's the that's cool. Dive Bar. And Godrod's playing there, I think. That's their first show back. Wednesday. Wednesday? What? So this Wednesday? Wait, which Wednesday? I think this Wednesday. No, it's in November. Well, they're going to be playing there at so some... Two weeks. Uh, Oh, in a Wednesday. Two weeks and a half-ish. In November, a Wednesday, Godrot's going to be at the F bar. Shout out to Godrot. Shout out to Goodrot. Shout out to Razorblade Lipstick. Shout, shout out, out to, to Black, Black Clash. Clash. Um, shout out to the whole scene, man. Shout out to McCormick. Shout out to McCormick. Shout out to McCormick.